The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi everybody! Hello, welcome to the Rough House Good day. podcast. Good evening. Good afternoon. Quarantine house. The uh, yes, it d- depends tomorrow. on when you're listening, really. Uh, yeah. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. If I don't talk to you, um, like, like to cover all the bases there. Yes. How are you? I'm Christoph. Yeah, and I'm Marty. Uh, hi, welcome. Uh, another week in pro wrestling has passed. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this was the least optimistic I've been about pro wrestling in one week-long span in a while. Uh, did every company just get a case of shitty booking? Like, what, <laughs> what yeah, happened? It, it was not a great week uh, no, overall no. between the big three, at least in our world. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of suspect choices, bookings, mm-hmm. hirings. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I died. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of weirdness uh, to yes. come out of this past week in between WWE proper, uh, <laughs> AEW, and New Japan uh, pro wrestling. So yeah, odd, yeah. odd, odd week. Which, which one do you want to get into first? I mean, I know we're going to recap NXT and in, in AEW, so we can get into to what's going on there. Um, I mean, high level. Oh, sorry, yeah, anything happened on the main roster? Uh, a, a few things uh, were worth mentioning. Um, so the the big story from the WWE side of things was they announced their their quarter two financials. And, oh yeah. Uh, again, oh, uh, I, I I preface this by saying neither Chris nor I are are what you would call financially smart. Um, uh, the exact opposite. I'm as dumb as they come, man. <laughs> uh, so, I am a moron. So none of this is, is coming from a place of, uh, of um, let's say, well-reasoned analysis. This, this is just sort of uh, gut looking at numbers and going, huh, that's weird. Also, probably worth noting, if you have not already pieced it together, uh, Gris and I are as far left as they come. <laughs> we are we are dirty, filthy leftists. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, again, 
if that's not your bag, maybe maybe skip ahead a little bit. Um, but also, how have we not turned you away at this point anyway? Um, yeah, if you're, if you're stuck around this far, <laughs> yeah. you know, just uh, if you have complaints, just send them to add said 10 crews. Yeah, just uh, just let him know what's know, going on here. Um, add Gov DeSantis, you know, there's this. <laughs> At, you know what? Uh, at Gov Larry Mads Hogan leader. for fun. You know, let's. <laughs> we yeah. and, and if you want to just send out of context clips, we're complaining about Hogan and not clarify if it's Hulk or Larry. Send him that too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know they kind of followed similar uh, career trajectories. Like, okay, yeah, this guy, I'm for this guy. Yeah. And then they then they say something. You're like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you what? doing? What's happening here? Uh, anyway. What? Uh, so the the Q2 financials came out, and of course this was this was where the rubber sort of hit the road with COVID and WWE, yeah. and and as we all know, there was the mass bloodletting back in in April of WWE talent, uh, most of whom within the past few weeks have popped up in AEW and Impact and elsewhere. Um, and the the question was, you know, what would the effect be on WWE's finances? Well, uh, as it I turns think... out. Yeah, it's a resounding positive. Yes. Uh, with them still paying talent into the end of this quarter, because yeah. all of these people are being paid through July 18th, uh, or July 15th, rather. Uh, $43 million in profit for yeah. the quarter. Profit! That, yeah. $43 yeah. million dollars of profit. But, uh, of course, just... you know, they, they got to they gotta make the cuts. They got to save the money. It, and it just, you know, and it, it, we're we're belaboring the point here, going back to when these cuts actually happened, and you know, when we said, did they need to do this? Yeah. Uh, did they need to do this to people in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, resounding no is yeah. the answer to both of those questions. Um, and the fact that even still paying those people. They they recorded this much in profits is yes. uh, disgusting. I think is a, is a fair word to say there. Yeah, and, Look, and this includes people with the quote unquote inflated five year deals, like your Gallows and Anderson, and and, and uh, you know I'd imagine Rusev probably had a pretty hefty deal. And God, you would hope uh, uh, a Zach Ryder Axel. or yeah. yeah. Well, you'd you'd hope some of those guys just because of tenure were making uh, fairly high wages. Uh, you just, oh, uh, uh, Mike Bennett also, uh, you just kind of sit there and go, why, why AEW has cut no one during this pandemic. Uh, although Tony Khan has recently said they may need to start considering it because there are talents they can't feature slash new talents that they want to feature. Um, even if some of those are highly suspect, um, uh impact has cut no one due to the pandemic yes they've <laughs> cut people but not due to the pandemic right 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 um, ring of honor uh despite running zero shows has not fired anybody yeah and that's ring of honor which is owned by sinclair broadcasting which right. is one of the most despicable corporations under uh under the american flag here so yeah. uh if they can do it and, new japan's and by, cut nobody and they've got yeah. entire chunks of their roster that can't even get into the country i mean yeah. Uh, well, they're trying to they're trying to lemonade there. They're trying yeah, to make some lemonade. Yeah, they are. They are. We'll, we'll talk about some of that lemonade yeah. in just a moment, and also some of the lemons that they're trying to make here. Um, you but... leave Master Watto out of there, okay? <laughs> Son of a bitch! You're just racist against blue-haired folks. All yep. right. Got me dead to rights, sir. That's that's why I was hosting a show during a virtual what? anime convention yesterday. 
the uh, the 90s uh the 90s you you weren't a fan of uh the 90s uh, <laughs> lots of lots of crazy colored hair and uh are you racist against jinko jeans wearers as well <laughs> okay so i don't want to hear that i need I will to understand not, the actual i will shape not of share a leg. podcast platform with a man who is racist against jinko jeans wearers okay you understand I... me you look at my eyes you look at my eyes and tell me uh, I, I'm trying to, but the the whole the whole shift of what you see on the webcam versus what be actually looking in your eyes on my monitor are, are very different things. I have a large monitor, is what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> what what I'm trying to say is WWE should have made <laughs> WWE should have made these cuts uh, at, at least at least if they were trying to do the conscientious thing. Now look, some of those oh, yeah. guys. Dude. I get it. I I didn't know why No Way Jose was under a deal either. <laughs> and that? some of those guys, your, your Mike Bennett's, your your uh, uh, your revivals, they wanted to go anyway. Cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I especially when you contrast that to the stories coming out of like the Talking Shop podcast from Gallows and Anderson and. And some of the the gripes revealed by a a Matt Cardona and a Brian Myers and all that, you go, uh, it's well, not if, a great if we look. Learned one thing over the past forty five years of pro wrestling is that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is of the highest moral standard. <laughs> yes, so... promoters across the board are, are nothing <laughs> if not uh, reasonable and and just people. So. Yes, yes. Always looking out for the little guy. Yes, hot dogs and handshakes for all. That's. <laughs> I'm not talking about Hornswoggle. No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, I, I. It's one of those things where you read it and you just get bummed out for for everyone else because it, it it's not like it's a small story. It's a public story. It's it's the most that company has ever made in profit in a single quarter. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think. Well, okay. There, there were a lot of different factors as to why they made this money. Yeah. Um, they saved a, a shit ton of money in uh, TV production mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everything's uh, originating from the PC and or full sale with deals in place there, yeah. um, and not having to travel uh, everybody as much. Right. Um, so they did save that, but also they lost. An entire their biggest revenue source. They lost WrestleMania. Yeah, they lost the live gate and all the merchandise and all that sort of stuff. And despite their merchandise numbers being much higher than they have been um, due to the pandemic, which is odd because I figured people had less money to spend on frivolous bullshit right now. Yeah, but okay, sure, whatever. Look, man, all those commemorative belts came out, and I'll be damned if if the belt buyers won't pick up those commemorative belts. Man, that's a whole subsection uh, of pro wrestling those, fandom. Those that... Triple H Iron Cross belts. Ugh, was that even ever a thing? No, no, they're literally just making belts up wholesale now as like, like commemorative titles. I get the Smoking Skull belt and then stuff like that that yeah. actually was a thing. You know, the Rated R Championship, right? The even the Spinner Belt. I'm sure there's people who are nostalgic for the Spinner Belt yeah. uh, at this point. But, uh, yeah, just making shit up. I mean, look, uh, admittedly, <laughs> the man with zero room to talk with a wall full of Funko Pops, which is just essentially I have like 10 different Harry Potter Pops just because he's in a different costume. It's Malibu Stacy all over again. She's right. got a new right. hat. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you and you need Quidditch, Harry. You need, I do. You need awkward movie four long hair Harry. Like, that's, that's what you need. Favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, when when all the kids went through their indie phase, I, as, I remember as their hair you. grew, their sass level rose also, <laughs> which made it you know teenage angst, man, Te- magical teenage angst. It was such a wonderful, simpler time, yes. uh, if you will. Uh, they have yet to, thankfully, come out with a creepy uh, aged. Uh, uh, epilogue of uh, Deathly Hollows 2, Old Harry. Uh, oh, that uh, is definitely going to be a San Diego let's hope they Comic-Con don't do that. exclusive. <laughs> yeah, just a big pack of the olds. That's, that's what yeah, they'll do there. Let's, let's not. Let's um, not say we... Anyway, ju- just a mess. And speaking of a mess, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, the main roster booking remains a mess. Uh, we have a new Raw Women's Champion. And Chris, you're going to love the way this was handled. Okay. Um, so the, the idea from last week's Raw, or I guess two weeks ago at this point, uh, Stephanie McMahon, uh, via Zoom popped up on the Titan Tron and, uh, basically said, Hey, um, you know, we, we are going to have this decision match next week on Raw. It's going to be Sasha versus Asuka. Uh, who, you know, there must be a winner. Whoever wins the match becomes the champion. Uh, they ran Sasha versus Oscar as the main event of Raw. It was actually a good match, okay, until the finish, which was on the Titan Tron. Uh, Bailey was shown beating up Kyrie Sane in uh. the back, which I know this is such a standard trope in WWE at this point, and and what have you. But I still just have like that question of why does this show up on the big? titantron like <laughs> you know what what conversations are going on in the booth why was there a camera person back there to begin with uh you know it's not like there's a setup of of someone going oh god there's something going on in the back no it just pops up on the tron um, uh, i think the simplest explanation is that we're all living in a simulation of the oscar show uh much <laughs> akin to the truman show where anything that relates to oscar's life uh is, is, is broadcast to and, us and broadcast uh through the pc so, so that's the only logical explanation for that to happen so Kyrie's getting stumped by bailey oscar runs to the back to save her oscar gets counted out and because whoever won becomes raw women's champion jesus christ yes really yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, so we got stephanie, we got is stephanie, is stephanie mcmahon the the in charge of the women's roster i guess is I, that I, a thing that's been established prior? I, I, in, in so much as it was established two raws ago cool yeah i it is what it is but sasha now has about now, now i will say are sasha and bailey the most interesting, entertaining, and enjoyable enjoyable part of pandemic WWE. One thousand percent. I totally okay. understand why you want to make them the the female two woman power trip. I get it. But have someone win a fucking match. <laughs> like and also that's how they wrote out Kyrie Sane permanently. Just beat up backstage by Bailey's big bottom. Yes. Yes. Bailey cool. beat her down with her bottom. Now her bottom is big, and therefore no more Kyrie Sane. That's I mean that's the end of Kyrie Sane in WWE. That's pretty sad. It's honestly. incredibly sad. Uh, you know, and, God, it was what? How it was four years? Was her uh, tenure through Three NXT years, main four roster? Years, something like Three, that. Three, four yeah. years. I mean, she was uh, briefly NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, her uh, NXT had... run was fantastic. Had a great uh, back and forth feud with Shayna Baszler back in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when Shayna Baszler was a dominant force? Yeah, that was great. They're, um, they're trying to do that again by feuding her with Nia Jax. Yeah, 
no <laughs> let's uh yeah no yeah yeah i will say that was the uh ghoulish bit of enjoyment from raw this week uh naya versus Shayna, where clearly the agents just went how about you don't work anything how about you just throw real punches I mean, if anybody can take it, it's Shayna. So let's <laughs> look, Naya. We, you're gonna hurt people anyway. <laughs> can we do the uh, the what, what do they call it? The fight pen? What was the thing with uh, Thatcher and Riddle on NXT? <laughs> yes, can we yes. do that with uh, yeah, yeah. with Shayna and uh, and uh, the fight not, pit, Naya? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fight pit. Yeah. yeah. Bring back the fight pit. Know. Let's do that. Yeah, I'm totally just, cool with that. Shoot fight. Just have Shayna knock some sense into our big Samoan head. Yes. Um, now, now, now that was what's going on with the Raw women's title. With the Raw tag team titles, you're going to love this. Also held by Sasha. Oh, no, no. no, 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 not, no not women. The not women. Just the, the okay. regular tag belts, okay. which are currently Sorry. held by the Street Profits. The Street Profits had a match with Andrade and Angel Garza. Okay. The Street Profits beat Andrade and Angel Garza. Okay. Announced for SummerSlam, the Street Profits will defend the Raw Tag Team titles against Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm assuming that's between Andrade and Angel Garza then beat somebody else to become number one contenders? No! They lost clean to the Street Profits on Raw, and now they're getting a tag title match. Right. Okay. Cool. So, by that logic, Warhorse is going to challenge Jon Moxley for the AEW Championship two weeks. <laughs> Anything's possible, and and more unquestionable title shots in a minute. Um, uh, so also the other big thing that they're setting up for for SummerSlam is that Drew McIntyre will be defending the WWE title against Randy Orton. But as we talked about, they were going to be running back Dolph versus McIntyre on Raw. Okay. So you know how they handled that. Randy uh, Orton started the yeah. show by saying he's going to go against Drew McIntyre for the world title at SummerSlam. And that was but, still but that, with the main event of the night being Drew versus Dolph Ziggler, suddenly a non-title match. <laughs> uh, they advertised it as a title match the week before. Uh, now it's a non-title match. They, and they wonder the show. And they wonder why their ratings are dropping by double-digit percents on a week-to-week basis. And and now they have NHL, NBA, and possibly Major League Baseball as competition. We'll see how and much longer MLB. NASCAR, apparently. Yeah, we'll see how long MLB exists. <laughs> Considering there are 21 players for the Marlins that have COVID. I'll tell you, Adam Jones is like the smartest motherfucker in the world right now because he went and signed with the Japanese Baseball League and has been crushing it. (laughs) So, I mean, he's hanging out with Tanahashi, you know, who's coming and doing, (laughs) you know, did you see the photo of Tana at the baseball game? Like in a batter's box square? And I'm like, hell yeah, Tana, you're the fucking ace. Yeah, yeah, he is. (laughs) I mean, not so much right now. He's kind of screwing the pooch right now, but. Again, well, that's, we'll, you know, yeah, story yeah we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, he's, he's my ace. He's the ace of my heart. Yes. Yeah. I mean, undoubtedly. Have you seen he's those the ace abs? of the base? How, how, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw a sign and that was his little his little hip V's. That's what it was. Um, so. Oh, and by the way, uh, just to, to, to pull together the whole Drew McIntyre, uh, Dolph Ziggler thing, the whole gimmick was this time he got to pick the stipulation. Because at Extreme Rules, Dolph picked the stipulation, and Dolph said, right. I have Extreme Rules, you don't. Drew, of course, said he gets to have Extreme Rules, and so does Dolph. Because he's a fucking idiot. 
What is it with WWE that once you become the champion, you, become, you like IQ drops like 500 points? Well, yeah, is... yeah. If you are a baby face, you have no friends and you're an idiot. That's pretty much what is, happens. Is the leather used in the WWE title belt, uh, does it contain some sort of uh, brain draining sort of uh, uh, consistency or microbes or something that just makes everybody a moron? I guess so. I just it's the only logical explanation. Yeah. Uh, on the SmackDown side of things, the only things worth noting, uh, shock of shocks, AJ Styles cleanly beat Grand Metalik. So there it goes. Oh, no. Get out of here. <laughs> there there I goes really that. I thought they were going to do a uh, Freebird-style uh, Lucha House Party run with the IC title. Well, that's the thing. Not only did he beat Grand Metalik, he beat down Lince Dorado, Lince Dorado after the match. So there okay. goes any hope for random new stars on, on SmackDown. Uh, what also, about Kalisto? Was he not there? Kalisto was not there. I, I don't think he's popped up during the COVID period. I think okay, I right. think he might Does be he live in now. Mexico. No, no, no. He's a he's an American boy. Oh, I mean, huh. you know, he's he's of Hispanic heritage, but yeah, he's from America. Um, well, maybe he was he was off elsewhere doing a good lucha thing, perhaps. <laughs> Damn it, woo! <laughs> the only logical explanation. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. He's doing that for charity. He's off doing good lucha things. For he God damn off, it! He auctioned off for COVID relief. <laughs> I will come to your house and do a good lucha thing. <laughs> if Kalisto is listening, because let's be honest, he has nothing better to do than listen to pro wrestling podcasts. Um, <laughs> if Kalisto is listening. <laughs> Sammy's got Sammy for Syria. Kalisto needs to start good lucha thing, damn it, woo. <laughs> dot, dot net. <laughs> it's, dot it's, org. It, make, it, it, make it a fundraiser, okay? <laughs> and uh, you can uh, hand sew lucha me. masks and send them off. Masks are big. It's a big business these yeah. days, masks. Yeah. You know. I've bought countless of them at this point because I'm scared. <laughs> if, if there was one that said good lucha thing woo i would buy it yeah yeah in a heartbeat uh <laughs> nobody would get it but no. i would buy it no honestly at this point i'm i'm convinced any mask designs i buy people don't even understand them and that's okay um my favorite's my dan Housen one and people just give me a really weird look and it I is love really it. jarring because uh, uh it perfectly like fits yeah. like where a mouth should be. Yes, yes, uh, and and I will say to the untrained eye, either it's Dracula or you've gone full ICP. <laughs> oh no, I hadn't thought about the unintentional juggalo uh, whoop, whoop. connotation there. Whoop whoop, whoop whoop, my friend. Hocus pocus, jokus. Great All, Malenko. Also on uh, SmackDown, Big E kicked off his singles push by rolling down the Using to the Miz? <laughs> Did he lose? Did he win? Uh, hang on. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I know he had a match with the Miz. I saw a photo of Biggie stretching. Um, Biggie defeated the... the Miz. Okay, all right. But Biggie so... rolled down the ramp to, as his entrance. I, I Some people think it was a shot at Booker T, because Booker T, who doesn't know how to shut up about uh, what people should or shouldn't be doing, not that we have much room to talk, uh, he's like, you know, Big We're not e WWE Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's true. We're not five Big, time champions. Big E needs to start taking things more seriously. So literally, for his entrance, he stopped, laid on his side, and then rolled down the entrance ramp. Bless Big E's heart. Yeah, now, was, hold on, what is Booker T even doing these days? Is he on commentary? Uh, no, he's got a radio show. Oh, okay. So this yeah, is all yeah. not he's on a, WWE programming. He, he's, he's talking a, all this he's shit, a, he's a radio saying that Naomi doesn't guy. have the talent to get herself over and yep. talking shit about Big E now. Yep. Dude, you know, book. Shut yeah. the fuck up. 
Uh, also, Baron Corbin has a new lackey in Shorty G. Oh, fuck's sake. The only thing that seems positive about it is that apparently it's, it looks like it's going to build to uh, Matt Riddle versus Shorty G, which I kind of want to see if they were given time and, you know, he were Chad Gable and not Shorty G. Um, <sighs> because the feud continues under the idea that there's a bounty unnamed on Matt Riddle's head. Uh, this feud must continue. Yes, this feud must continue. Uh, I, I'll I'll bring out the fink if you want. Yeah, the, uh, I, that's this why feud must continue. Thank you. Thank um, you. and then uh, on the main event of SmackDown was Bailey once again defending the SmackDown Women's Title against Nikki Cross. Uh, Bailey won post match. Uh, Alexa Bliss was consoling Nikki Cross. Lights go out. Turn red. Here's the fiend as he puts the mandible claw on Alexa Bliss and yells for Braun. So that feud must continue. Right. So what? Okay, because I know Alexa Bliss popped up as like a Sister Abigail type thing in that House of Horrors match or whatever the, it was. Uh, the Swamp was, Fight. Yeah, Swamp Fight. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this. So she's not aligned with Bray. No, she, she's bait for Bray. To I use I to guess call out Braun Strowman. I guess because of the canon, mixed match challenge. Yeah, I guess in ago. canon he has a crush on her. Because that's been played off on TV so much recently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get Braun, me wrong. Braun's a champion, right? Yeah, Braun's the champion. He wasn't even on the show this week. Okay, and he's the champion. Sure. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, uh, also, WWE picked up two more talents uh, after purchasing Evolve. Leon Ruff, who we've seen basically get squashed by a number of guys, most notably uh, Karrion Cross. Yeah, yeah I think Bronson signed. Reed also, maybe? Yeah, perhaps? Bronson Reed squashed him, too. But Karrion Cross basically murdered him with an ugly, ugly back body drop. Yeah. Uh, they also signed Retro Anthony Green, which is basically saying that they've bought uh, the non-union Mexican equivalent of Joey Ryan. So there we go. <laughs> Oh, okay. Does he do? Uh, does he do penis-based offense? He doesn't do penis-based. Basically, Good. it's before Joey Ryan discovered the dick-based offense when he just okay. was like sleazy. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So let's call it you know 2011 Joey Joey Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, Chris. The Summer Struggle Tour continued on this week. Uh, you know, basic house show cards. The one match really worth checking out. I've got all my notes on Master Watto to go through. Right now. <laughs> the one, this. the one match really worth checking out uh, was uh, on uh, Friday. Nagata Suzuki main evented at uh, Kurikan Hall, and Murder Grandpa and Blue Justice threw down and beat the shit out of each other. It ruled. Highly recommend you check that out. Um, a bit of a it's kind bummer. of a uh, kind of a Batman Joker esque sort of thing happening here. Yes, uh, you know, you and I are destined to do this forever. Yes, our careers are entangled, and now we're we're old and bald. But let's continue to beat the shit out of each other for other people's enjoyment and a paycheck, and uh, bless them for it. Thank yes, you. yes, they they just absolutely murdered each other uh, for the like four hundred people they can now have in Kurikan Hall because they're doing social distancing. Uh, but the match ruled, so I recommend you check that out. Everything else was basically just your standard multi-man tags. Nothing really major to speak of. But so was it – I saw something, and I, I think I sent it to you. Apparently Ibushi left Tanahashi out after getting beat down. Yes. Uh, uh, there is a storyline going on right now that since losing the tag belts, Ibushi has lost his faith 
in Tanahashi. Um, in so much as uh, basically Tana keeps taking the falls in these uh, mm-hmm. multi-man tags, and then on Friday Abushi got fed up and just left him to the wolves. Uh, okay. The wolves being Suzuki Suzuki Goon, Goon. Yeah, yeah, typical. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, did basically, Watto come out for the save? He he did not. No, 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 no on, save Watto. from Watto. I know what <laughs> future Hall Blue, of Famer Watto right there. Blue Justice Junior. Yeah. um but uh this is where things get weird so they started uh, announcing details for some upcoming tournaments and also the big summer struggle headlining show at uh jingu uh it's it's going to be at a baseball stadium Mm -hmm. um which uh they haven't run in about 20 years uh, one of the last times they, they ran it, it was headlined by the Great Muda versus Great Nita in a exploding barbed wire match. One of the few times that there was ever a death match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. How do you make barbed wire explode? Uh, they rig it with, uh, well, legitimately there's a guy on the side with a button that shoots off fireworks. But What? They, Yes. How dare uh, you? But how dare you? But basically, this there's illusion. these extra wires wrapped up in the barbed wire, so then when someone gets thrown into it, they hit the explosion button, and it looks cool. Okay. It it, nice. it, it it's really just a lot of spectacle. Um, but yeah, they're they're going back to this baseball stadium. Um, potentially thirty thousand people. Uh, at at the show. Um, understandably That's with ma- social distancing. Uh. I don't know how exactly it's going to be set up for social distancing. I, I just know like previous numbers have been anywhere from 30 to 60,000 at that show or at that venue. I also don't know how much was the real number versus the fake number. Right. So. I don't, they, they're not usually prone to inflating uh, as much as uh, WWE. Not anymore. Back in the day, 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Basically, okay. the, the Inoki era was filled with fake numbers. Gotcha. Um, it, it's only within let's say the past five ten years they've started announcing legit numbers for things okay all right um, so they announced the uh, the big main event of uh of evil defending the uh iwgp heavyweight title and ic title against master wado so very, <laughs> very excited to see master wado yeah. get this uh get this huge opportunity uh to fight off the entire bullet club with his uh blue spiky hair <laughs> And I, kung fu kicks. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not Master Wado in the main event. What? Yes, this is the most logical explanation. It's evil defending against Tetsuya Naito uh, as oh. Naito goes for the belt again, or belts again. Also, we're going to have Hiromu Takahashi, who's currently nursing a shoulder injury, taken off of the card. He's fighting Master Wado? No, no, he's defending against Taji Ishimori. <sighs> okay, I'll settle. Yeah, yeah. W- Wano is not a junior heavyweight. heavyweight title. That dude's pure heavy right there. Come on. <laughs> and then it got weird, folks. It got okay. real, real weird as Kazuchiko Okada has proposed a new title. And apparently, legitimately, this was Okada's idea. Okay. So what they are going to have starting this year is the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 championship kopw 2020 championship okay so there will be eight wrestlers starting on august 26 squaring off in a first round set of matches so it's master wado against four different people <laughs> four different matches right uh, wado could be one of the eight guys we'll see they God are damn better <laughs> um 
the uh, the wrestlers competing for the title. Uh, oh, sorry. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the winner of the four matches will move on to a fatal four-way match on August 29th. So Master Wado versus Master Wado versus Master <laughs> Wado versus Kazuchi Kazu- Okada. Okada. Yes, three Wados and one Okada, which okay. probably something you could set up in a New Japan video game with one still existing yeah. right now. So <clears throat> uh, there will not be a unique stipulation for that match because the Fatal 4-Way is unique to New Japan itself. Right. The winner of that match will be the provisional champion. The provisional title will be contested until the end of the year where one final title match will take place. That winner will become the King of Pro Wrestling 2020 champion, receiving a trophy. So basically, throughout the year, this concept will be defended. In a match with stipulations? Because like, it seems like a, it's all based on gimmicks. Yes, because that's that's the twist. Every time there is a title defense moving forward after this four-way on August 29th, the uh, the champion and the challenger will pick stipulations for the match, which okay. will then be decided upon via fan vote. Okay, so it's uh, Cyber Sunday meets King of the Ring meets Extreme Rules. Right, and it introduces gimmick matches, which have always been a rare thing in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So let's well, say... Technical gimmick matches. Yeah. They use tables and chairs out the ass. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, there's been a ladder match in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. There's been a handful of cage matches in New Japan. Right. There's been, you know, like I said, there were death matches in the past and <clears throat> that sort of thing. But it's been rare. So I'm guessing what this would look like is, let's say, probably shock of shocks, Okada wins on the 29th. Then let's say the next match is Okada versus Yujiro Takahashi again, because they really tore down the house last time. It probably will be. So Okada will be like, I want a cage match. And Yujiro will be like, I want a ladder match. And then the fans will vote. And whatever fan vote wins, that that match will be held under the winning stipulation. Will there be a write-in segment for the voting where I could put Master Wado's name? <laughs> Master it's Wado. A Master Wado. You use the dude. You use a motherfucker to hit another motherfucker. So Master <laughs> Wado is the weapon. So either you can just, you know, body slam him into people or uh, preferably what I would like to see is a um, uh, Scott Pilgrim and uh, Ramona Flowers versus Roxy Richter type thing where <laughs> Okada is behind Master Wado and using his uh, like a marionette fists and, and, and feet uh, as the uh- weapon. That's what I want to see. You put that on Wrestle Kingdom, I will fly to fucking Japan. <laughs> Provided you're legally allowed to. Yeah, I will swim to Japan. <laughs> I'll die before I get out of the Inner Harbor. Yeah, exactly. You'll die in the Inner Harbor. <laughs> yeah. You'll enter the Inner Harbor and full on MDK all motherfucking day right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, w- really weird stipulate. Like, this is full on Balloon Okada brain. <laughs> That's what's going on there. Weird, I miss Balloon Okada. That we, was great. Weird Kazu throwing out some weird stipulations. I mean, on paper, it isn't that odd. Like when you really try to, we really like focus on what the idea is. Right. But reading it out is just like this is the most TNA sounding bullshit ever. 
Yeah, it's 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 ultimate uh, ultimate X sort yeah. of thing over there. Um, what's interesting is that it's at the end of the calendar year. Yes. Meanwhile, their biggest show of the year is the first is like three days, three or four days after that. Yeah. So it'll have to be defended in whatever the last Road to Wrestle Kingdom show ends up being in mid December, uh, and that's where this 2020 King of Pro Wrestling is crowned, and then yeah. it, it resets for the next year. Right, and it makes me wonder then is like the do they do a new tournament or does it just right it's you continue to defend the title it's not clear and and it makes me wonder will we have like the crowning of the first provisional king of pro wrestling 2020 champion or sorry king of pro wrestling 2021 champion at wrestle kingdom or do they do it at new year's dash or yeah who the hell knows anyway just some weirdness uh but more titles chris more title talk as uh, New Japan also announced that there's going to be a six-man tag title tournament because Evil, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi have been stripped of the belts. So they'll, they'll strip them for a guy turning, but not for a guy uh, getting injured and not being able to defend and not for a guy not being able to enter the country. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. I just uh, think uh, Master Wado should be given all titles. Well, good news. Master Wado is in the tournament. So uh, yes. th- the belts will be decided this week. So the um, or, or starting this week. Uh, so August 6th will be the first uh, the the first round. August 7th will uh, continue it. Then the semifinals will be on August 8th and the finals will be on August 9th. But uh, the matches cool. for August 6th. We've got Okada, Yano, and Sho versus Ujiro, Takahashi, uh, Jado, and Gato, which whew, Okada's okay, got to work. Okay. F- he's got to work for like five in that one. <laughs> Four. He sh- uh, yeah, shows there. Him. That's true. Shows That's there. true. Uh, and then we have uh, Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi going against Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Dauki. Um or Doki, okay. rather. Doki, uh, Doki, yeah, yeah. I'm going, uh, as much as I love me some Shingo, uh, I'm, I'm I'm taking uh, Suzuki Goon in that one. Yeah, the only reason why I, I would think maybe LIJ might go over is that they could face uh, the Bullet Club team in the semis. Fair enough. As they continue to LIG, LIJ Bullet Club thing. But uh, I, I honestly think the Suzuki Desperado uh, Doki team is the one to beat here. Anyway. That's a great team. Uh, August 7th, we've got Abushi, Tanahashi, and Wado. There's your Master boy. Master Wado to you. Sorry. Sir. Master Wado against Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And uh, then we've got uh, Hanma, Makabe, and Taguchi against Ishi, Goto, and Yoshihashi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who? Who was? Uh, uh, it was Hanma, Makabe, and who? Taguchi. Uh, against who? <laughs> Ishi, Goto, and Yoshihashi. Okay. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the official promo image of this. I, I'm. I'm just gonna uh, text it to you, bud. Okay. Um, Yoshihashi appears to have just noticed that Yoshihashi is booked in this tournament. <laughs> Uh, it. I, I recommend you you look up this image, dear roughhouse listeners. Uh? <laughs> yeah, he's got oh he's got the full Tim Allen face going on there. But hey, so, there's there's another tournament coming too, Chris. Does this one include Master Wado? This one does not include Master Wado as Ew. 
as it is a tournament to find out who will face John Moxley for the New Japan United States title. This okay. is uh, what uh, New Japan, sorry, NJPW Strong is going to be built around the uh, U.S. side of uh, New Japan getting uh, highlighted here. It's going to be an eight-man tournament. Carl Fredericks, Kenta, Jeff Cobb, Tongaloa, David Finley, Chase Owens, Brody King, and Tama Tonga. Um, they will all be in the tournament opening. I basically just broke it down as what the opening round matches are. Carl Fredericks versus Kenta, Jeff Cobb versus Tonga Lower, uh, David Finley versus Chase Owens, and Brody King versus Tama Tonga. I'm excited for Brody. Uh, to, yeah, to get well, he's there. done some stuff in New Japan. Yeah, um, with because uh, he was over with uh, Skrull um, mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, God, it's like a year. Yeah, and a half yeah. Ago at this it's, point, it's been it a seems. bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, not his first foray in the world of New Japan. But happy for him to be able to work because he, I think, is, is he under contract? He's under contract with the uh, Ring of Honor, right? He is. Yes, and also he recently announced he was going to be stepping away from Villain Enterprises to go on his own. Shogger. Mm, yeah, uh, uh, as everyone in Villain Enterprises, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> may want to do. So if I'm looking at those eight men, I'm thinking we get uh, Kenta in the finals versus uh, I, I think Kenta Brody King would be great. That would be um, really, really dope. I honestly think because this is building off of the uh, the New Japan collision shows, the, uh, the, the tapings that have basically mm-hmm. seemed to have been built around putting carl fredericks over it might be a carl uh um king final you think carl over kenta in the first round i do they were pushing him that hard i haven't watched any of those uh yeah he's uh, he's been like the ace of those shows like it's very clear that they are very much behind carl fredericks Um, and and he was supposed to be in the new japan cup anyway so i i think this is uh about sort of you know, reestablishing him. Juice Robinson was originally scheduled to be in said tournament, but has a leg injury, so he is out of it. Um, yeah, that, that guy seems injury prone. Or is it just me? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I also think it might be a cover for stuck in UK with his girlfriend, Tony Storm. Oh, God, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Damn you, Juice Robinson. Damn you, straight to hell. Yeah. Send photos, Juice Robinson. <laughs> At Roughhouse SGW. Yeah, Slide yeah. in those DMs. Yeah, get right in there. Let's let's do it up. Um, but yeah, I, I think Carl Fredericks is probably likely to, to be the one to go over here just because he he is set up as that guy. Although Kenta winning wouldn't be a shock. Um, I don't think we ever got uh, Hideo Itami versus Dean Ambrose. So yeah. a Kenta-John Moxley match. I think could be fucking awesome. So yeah, I'm hundred yeah. percent here for that. And it does if make that happens. It does make me wonder if we're going to get, um, uh, John Moxley <clears throat> appearing on one of these new Japan strong shows in the U S yeah. Which apparently is against his contract with AEW. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't know. Cause it's not like any of these guys can go to Japan right now. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if I think honestly, uh, it would be good for, for Tony Khan to maybe extend that invitation yeah, to, yeah. to let him do that. To Crack so open that forbidden with door. Those guys. Just yeah. A bit, just a little bit. Because, again, this is, this is uh, you know, an unexpected era. It's not like this is how everyone thought 2020 was going to go. Um, unexpected so. era. Is that what uh, they're changing their name to in NXT? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it would, it would go with the face turn that they seem to be having right now. 
Um, and again, more on that in a few. Uh, before we do get into our breakdown of the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, just a quick note. Last night was Talking Shopamania. Yeah, well, I I didn't even know this was happening. What the hell is this? Was this? Uh, this was a uh, pay-per-view produced by uh, uh, Gallows, Anderson, and Rocky Romero. Okay. It, it was very much uh, a part of the Talking Shop universe, if you will. Okay. Um, it's... It was only a 90 minute long show and it felt like like I read the results and it felt like I was really lost because I don't follow their podcast. Okay, Um, but it was a lot of inside jokes for an hour and a half. So if you like the Talking Shop podcast, apparently it was a great time. Uh, The main event was in a boner yard match. Uh Uh-huh. Chad Too Bad defeated Sex Ferguson. Which are Gallows and Anderson, respectively, right? Yes, in their, uh, in their, um, uh, what was the hell? Uh, Southpaw Regional Southpaw, Wrestling yeah. Guys. I wanted to say SGW. That is I not know. what it was. R.I.P. SGW. Yes, yes. Uh, I have no creativity left in me to continue that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that was weird. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, uh, other random appearances uh, included Teddy Long. Um, Michael Bennett, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Teddy Long, yeah, Teddy holla Long holla. showed up. Holla holla, yes. Uh, did Mike... he set up a tag team match? Uh, if not, what the hell's the point? No, he did pop up for a battle royal, uh, the social distance battle royal, as it was called. Uh, freight train of five dollar wrestling fame popped up. Um, Who? <laughs> uh, he is an indie wrestler who's been a part of five dollar wrestling, which is basically a a thing where colt cabana and comedian um oh god what's his name marty something i forget his last name anyway DeRosa. yes marty de rosa it, it's them doing mst3k style commentary over the shittiest of indies and freight okay. train became kind of a cult guy because he's shall we say touched um <laughs> yeah so he was part of this just a sprinkle enzo was part of this uh rhino is part of this uh yeah again if if you're into their weird wacky world of wrestling that they put together on their podcast it's probably very enjoyable i read it enzo's in that that crew uh at at least for the pay-per-view he's he's not been on the podcast okay um but yeah i i read it and i went well that's good for them i hope everyone had a great time producing it okay all right, so NXT this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. It kicked off with a women's tag team match. Io Shirai and Tegan Knox going against Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. Um, I thought this was a really super fun match. I mean, you have four of the top names in the women's division just going out there and, and doing the dang thing, complete with Dakota Kai uh, blindsiding Io Shirai at the start because it was yeah. very clear, at least at that time, that Dakota Kai was going to be next in line for the women's championship. Yeah, it was a very sexy match. Yes, very athletic. All the ladies <laughs> in that match, very athletic. Yeah. I will say, um, I don't know if it was the angle at which it was shot, but uh, Tegan Knox's shiniest wizard didn't look like it hit her at all. <laughs> uh, so maybe change the angle or change the uh, something or other. It didn't uh, that one kind of took me out of it a little bit? Yeah, definitely a little weird. Um, and also, it's a taped show, as as was notable during one spot in particular. Mm, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a taped show. You can you can fix things. Come on, yeah. guys, come on. 
Uh, they aired clips of Adam Cole getting in Pat McAfee's face during Pat McAfee's radio show in a segment that could not have cl- more clearly been a work. Yeah, it was. I mean, people were like, "Oh, I don't know. This seems pretty real to me." Okay, no, fuck off, you dumbass. Now, uh, the, the fun part to me about this was Triple H talking about it was all a misunderstanding and how they were going to sort it out later in this week's show. It never came back up. So what's what's the end game here? Does does Pat McAfee wrestle? I don't know, especially because the the undisputed era seems to be faces now. I have a bigger question: Who the fuck is Pat McAfee? Ex-football player turned shorts-wearing occasional WWE analyst. I mean, I've seen him on the panel shows. I have no idea who the fuck he is as a human being. Yeah, he he was a kicker. Wow. Seriously? A kicker? Yes. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus Christ. You're going to piss off some people locally where, up until recently, our best player was a kicker. Uh, the same thing was in the early 2000s when the best player was a kicker too. So yeah, uh, Baltimore football has a <laughs> proud history of relying on kickers to win them games because the team sucks fat dicks. Um, <laughs> but uh, so a fucking ex NFL kicker. Okay, whatever. Jesus Christ. Is that mainstream pub, bud? It's the mainstream pub. Yeah, because Pat McAfee is on that Gronkowski level. <laughs> okay. What, does he have a legit radio, like terrestrial radio show? Uh, or is it like a fucking podcast? I, I believe it's a legit radio show, but they like do an extended version for podcasts. Okay. So Adam Cole's tirade was not on terrestrial radio. Nobody yeah. was hitting the dump button on that. I, 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 I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. It, 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 you know, honestly, it, it makes me think the setup is closer to uh, for the the radio nerds, the Mike O'Meara show, where like it's broadcast, yes, but it's more a podcast first. Yeah, no, I, I, trust me, I, that's how I got a lot of interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I worked at radio, I was like, yeah, I work at a radio station. You want to do an interview? Yeah. It, it only went up online. It never aired. Right, but, uh, right. It, you know, just the prestige of the station got me to talk to a lot of people, so that was fun. And and that tradition continues with Justin talking to random AEW folks and just throwing it up on their SoundCloud. It's a yeah. way to do it, man. It's a way to do it. Uh that was followed by Johnny Gargano versus Roddy Strong, a match that I thought for sure was going to be at TakeOver. But instead, <laughs> well, was on TV. Um, it, it was a very weird match, if only because neither guy seemed to figure out who wanted to be the heel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a weird sort of situation there with those two. But, I mean, you know, you put those two in a ring and they're going to give you something watchable. Um, and there were a couple fun spots in there, uh, as well, but yeah, it was nothing, nothing earth shattering. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it was good. Just again, a little weird at times. Um, we go back to the back. Dakota Kai said she was done being a team player done with Candice LeRae. Didn't that kind of happen back at, uh, war games? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she wants to be number one contender. Rhea Ripley got in her face, uh, saying she wants the next title shot because, of course, Rhea Ripley needs to be in the title shot again. Um, and Kai's like, I'm going to go talk to William Regal. And Ripley's like, go talk to him. Uh, we. <sighs> um, <laughs> I will say, I, I, you know, anytime I see Leather Mommy Rhea Ripley on the screen, I'm at least okay with it. So it, it, Fair, fair. Um, Timothy Thatcher did a promo backstage talking about the triple threat match. That was going to be the main event. The... 
<laughs> the clearly hit random on the WWE uh, NXT machine. Uh, no, just for the match. Oh. Thatcher, Finn Balor, and Dexter Loomis just being thrown together. Uh, Loomis randomly popped up in the background as he continues to, you know, just really shock the world with his innovative character of serial killer, stalker, caricature artist. <laughs> yeah. Slash kidnapper. Don't yeah, oh, that. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Undisputed Era is backstage. Everyone's backstage, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of backstage. That full sale. Yeah. Man, they're keeping socially distant there. Kyle O'Reilly's back area. because apparently, uh, you know, type 1 diabetics are no longer, <laughs> no longer At risk? affected yeah, no, by was, uh, COVID. You didn't hear that press conference? Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> Same, I missed that. Yeah, no, it was, you know, he got buried uh, under <laughs> Fauci's testimony, you know. By the way, the same time. Uh, fun Undisputed Era fact. I only noticed because I saw like a promo image of the Undisputed Era this week. Bobby Fish has a wonky eye and now I can't help but notice it. You hadn't noticed that before? I thought it was him doing a face. Because uh, <laughs> it was always when he would do like the eyebrow up thing and like, yeah. like he was making his weird pirate face. And I thought that's I what it was. And then I realized, oh no, his face is weird. He's got a Tom York eye. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, just been exacerbated by hanging around Shawn Michaels. It may have. <laughs> but it seems like it seems like it has gotten a wee bit worse. Yeah, yeah. You work with, you work with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> is that your, contagious? Your eye just starts drifting. <laughs> Not, I'm not sure. Well, you're trying to remain. You're trying to keep eye contact with Sean, so you yeah, have yeah, to train yeah. your eyes, yeah. one of your eyes, to follow his other eye. It's it's a Is tricky it situation. When you get older to start seeing a greater like. Per, greater degree of the world around you is that is that well, standard what, what what happens is when you have an eye that goes wonky and off to the side like that yeah. what it does is it opens up a whole other uh parallel dimension of unnecessary melodrama yes. and you just can't stop paying attention to it and yeah. working it into your matches that yeah you're and you just keep staring at your hands and asking yourself why am i so violent what what brought me to this what out damn spot out i say Mercedes Martinez beat the crap out of Shotzi Blackheart. I can't see that. Sorry. Thanks, Hulu. It was fine. It, it, it was what it was. Then we had a vignette hyping the arrival of Ridge Holland. Who? He's an NXT UK guy who apparently is going to be involved in this North American uh, title tournament thing. Does he have a beard and hipster hair? No. Weirdly no. enough. Wow. No beard. If anything, he looks like a default creator wrestler. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, Keith Lee came out for a promo. Uh, yeah, I saw this. Yelling at Karrion uh, Cross. Uh, he said bullshit. Oh, because... did I... Man, I must not have been paying that much attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said bullshit during it because if the other guys say shit, we need to say it too. Uh, he wanted Karrion uh, um, Cross to confront him, but instead he got confronted by Cameron Grimes. Yeah. And uh, Grimes said he was going to take the NXT title and go straight to the moon, which which I liked. But uh, Grimes got the crap beat out of him by Keith Lee and the lights go out. And no, not Sabu. It was Scarlet. How do you feel about Scarlet's little stripe of face paint, by the way? I don't. I I don't like it. (laughs) I don't I don't like this presentation. I don't like. uh, 
I don't like the hokey lip syncing of the. It is the most. It shit. is the most Triple H E-Fed character of all time. It's so bad, and she is like a wrestler on her own, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I get, you know, you want to pair them together, make them seem more important, hot chick, big ass, all that sort of stuff. I get it, but this, it's just some cheese dick shit right here, man. Yeah, it's real weird. But uh, Lee. Uh, uh, got in the face of uh, me, Lee uh, Lee got distracted Cameron Grimes tried for a uh, sneak attack um, hit a spirit bomb on Grimes then yeah. a carrying cross promo played on the video screen extreme close up style yes and then uh, Keith Lee said you know pick the time and the place and I'm gonna whoop that ass so SummerSlam brother yeah so uh, or take over triple X which Still no confirmed Vin Diesel appearance. I'll settle for Ice Cube. Can we get a live performance too? Yeah, for, I'm for it. Uh, Imperium defeated Ever Rise in a non-title match. This was all about Undisputed Era running out to attack Imperium because didn't get that. Uh, it sounds like we're gonna run back uh, Imperium versus Undisputed Era. Hopefully this time with far less dudes getting legit knocked out. Who is uh, Ever Rise again? Uh, that is the former 3.0 of Chase Parker and Matt Martell. It's not Shane Taylor? It's not Shane Taylor, no. Okay. Shane Taylor's still in Ring of Honor somehow. Okay, all right. Yes. I just, I have no idea who Ever Rise is. I just... <laughs> <laughs> they never make the Hulu cut. Sorry. There, there was a uh, video talking about Bronson Reed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. really the, the key line of this was talking about how for Shawn Michaels, the boyhood dream came true, but at TakeOver, oh, no. the thick boy dream will come true. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Why? Yeah. What? Yeah. Is there, like, a, a screening process for, for writing here? This I don't know. Is... I, I will give them credit. They are trying to make new stars in NXT. They're trying to make that next group of guys. Yeah. I can't say how effective they are, but they're trying. The thick boy dream. They're trying. Again, not mm. necessarily well. Sad. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott had a fun match with Jake Atlas. Damn it. Again, I'm deprived of my swerve thanks to Hulu. Yeah, but it, ultimately, I don't know what they're doing with either of these guys. It just was Swerve a, won? It just was a match. Yes, Swerve went over. So it just was a match, really. You would think that that would maybe earn him a spot in one of these triple threat matches to determine uh, people who would be in a ladder match. It's possible. We haven't had, uh, you know the other match announced because next week is going to be Damian Priest, Oni Lorcan and Ridge Holland. So Ridge Holland's going to win. Probably. Or Damian Priest. Um, so yeah, that was the thing. And then our main event was that triple threat, Timothy Thatcher, Finn Balor and Dexter Loomis. And just like I promised you last week, Chris, Dexter Loomis win. Yep. You sure did, bud. You sure did. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Finn Balor, Timothy Thatcher program. That would be really fun. Of this. I, w- I think I that would be, be fun. really into it. I-, I will say the the thing that is weirdest to me, though, is Dexter Loomis choked out Timothy Thatcher for the finish. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I know that it happened. I don't know why it happened, but yeah. it happened. 
So the full card for next week on NXT, uh, at least announced so far, uh, Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes in a non-title match. Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. Um, not Shane Taylor. No. Uh, Damian Priest. Uh, not Mikey Nichols either. Not Mikey Nichols either. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Damian Priest versus Ridge Holland versus Oni Lorcan in the qualifying match and Imperium defending the tag titles against Kyla Riley and Bobby Fish. Okay. Yes. Oh, and um, uh, Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley in the number one contenders match. Okay. I was going to say no women's matches there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Could cool. be a fun show, uh, but it, it definitely feels like they're kind of on a weird autopilot on the way to takeover. They're just kind of filling up these um, these ladder matches. Or, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Filling up spots with these three ways to get in the ladder match. There's five. There's going to be five triple threats in total because there's five people mm-hmm. in the match. So, yeah. So there's stuff. two more after next week. This will be yes. the third one? Yes, this will be the third one. Okay. Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis. God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would assume uh, Swerve's going to be in it. I would hope so. Yeah, I think he's going to be in one of these next two uh, qualifiers. But um, anyway, on the other side of the dial, literally the other side of the dial, if you have literally. files, uh, it was AEW Dynamite, and I'm going to go ahead and say... To preface this rundown of the show, this was probably my least favorite Dynamite since that weird episode where, like, the um, uh, the Brandy Rhodes uh, nightmare whatever angle uh, happened. Collective yeah, the thing. Nightmare Collective angle happened, and um, the long, ugly beatdown with the Dark Order happened, uh, complete with the guy who wasn't really punching Dustin Rhodes. Like... Yeah, yeah. This could not have compared to last week's dynamite, which was yeah. phenomenal. There was something in the air on dynamite this week, and it wasn't good. No, it was probably one of my least favorite uh, dynamites as well, and for a number of different reasons, just nothing, nothing seemed to be running right. Like every everything seemed off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the commentary was off because Excalibur wasn't there. You and and I think that's a key factor. I think yeah. that is a, a key factor. I mean, we, we've talked about for years in WWE how much the commentary, quote unquote, of a, a Michael Cole and a Corey Graves diminishes the product. Mm-hmm. Excalibur not on the show uh, as, as we um, as had come out. There were some old PWG promos uh, with some racist language in it that that got resurfaced excalibur apparently pulled himself off the show so as to not overshadow the show and then he had jim ross tony Giovanni, and taz doing commentary three guys all of whom play the exact same role on commentary yeah and no one wanted to take lead yeah so it it, it just made the show feel off from the jump and then Jim Ross was also extra salty this week. Yeah, I, and I think it's because he didn't have an Excalibur to be like, yeah, but this is out. cool. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, I, I've been on record, and I'll continue to say it until something happens. Uh, my least favorite part of AEW are the JRs, Jim Ross and Justin Roberts. I, Both of them just really cringe me out and make me not enjoy portions of the show that they're a part of and i'm probably on an island on that but fucking justin roberts is so goddamn annoying the shtick doesn't work it's it's stupid his voice is stupid i don't like his stupid face uh just 
fuck. Fuck Justin Roberts. And JR is just a salty old man who doesn't get what they're trying to do. Sorry. No, no, it's it's okay. It's okay. I, I just take uh, a bit of personal pride that I've been told multiple times uh, that uh, I'm a better uh, match introducer than Justin Roberts by Super Art Fight fans. And that just makes of me Of course you happy. are. <laughs> by far, my friend. By uh, far. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. That, Hire that, Marty Day. Uh, yeah. Well, hire Justin first, and then, then, then we'll talk. You know, let's yeah, well, let's let's cascade into higher we'll ride those everybody. coattails. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that that already just painted a weird parlor across the show because nothing seemed to work. Yeah. Nothing felt right. There wasn't a commentary accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives. It was, it was very odd. There wasn't a good rhythm there. And then you had the show start with what on paper should have been a very good, very fun 10-man tag, but in no way, shape, or form did it really gel. So it was best friends and friends. So that was uh, Chucky e. T, Trent, Orange Cassidy, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy against the Inner Circle, Santana Ortiz, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. And there were some cool spots in the match. But it never congealed into the hole. And then you had the finish, which was, I mean, at least this time it was a heel. But it was, guy gets distracted by entrance music playing for other guy and loses. In this case, Sammy Guevara getting distracted by Matt Hardy's entrance music. And it was the, like, 90s Matt Hardy music. So I had no idea whose fucking music it was. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, I feel like that opening match... It, all it did was give ammunition to old, bitter wrestling fucks that say uh, these spot matches don't work. Yeah. Uh, because it didn't work. The, everything timing-wise was off. Um, people were doing the you know finish and pose, waiting for things to happen. Right. And it happened a couple times through the night. There were a couple botches and, you know, talk about the, the Cage and Darby Allen bit um, later on in the match. It... it uh, later on the show, rather. But, yeah, the, the opening match, it just didn't click. Those guys, it just didn't seem all together. Yeah. Uh, there, but like you said, there were a couple fun parts in there. And to double back really quick on the commentary, uh, and this has been happening for the past for weeks, months now. I don't like how they talk. They, like, ramp into the commercial break. Yeah. Um, because you're basically saying, okay, we're going to be going to the commercial in 30 seconds. And, you know, you're telling people – and giving them an opportunity to ch- know when to change the channel. And I get right. they're promoting the picture in picture, but all you have to do in the, in the last five seconds is say, folks, we'll be right back. Stay tuned for picture in picture. Yeah. You know, like, it, and I don't, and I don't like, I don't know. I'm just reading on commentary right now, but, uh, and it's been a couple weeks, but when Jericho is on commentary, Jericho's not there to host the show and throw to commercial breaks. Jericho is there to be Chris Jericho. Yeah. I don't like when Chris Jericho is, you know, trying to prove that he can be a commentator and and, you know, drive the show. He's not driving the show. He's he's there to to add color. He's there to be the character. I don't like that either. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, uh, sorry, I just went off on a commentary. No, no, no. You you uh, have a point and also you're 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 coming at it from a different perspective. People who complain about commentary just because of the content of commentary, you know, you, you can give or take it. You're coming at it from a legitimate broadcaster perspective of ostensibly you are a subverting the idea of who's the host of the show by yeah. having a Jericho 
you know, weave in and out of these things. But also, you are actively telling people to change the channel when you're yeah. in a legitimate ratings war. Yeah, I know. Don't tell them when it's happening. Like, you know, in, in a couple minutes, we're going to go to the commercial, but say picture in picture and hashtag blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, I get you want to put the hashtag bit over, but run a fucking, um, you know, 15 second pre-tape recorded thing, you know, coming a rejoiner coming back from a commercial break saying during the next commercial break, look for hashtag blah, blah, blah and win blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't, it, it's, it's, it's too, uh, uh, it, it's just stupid because you're telling people where you're going to commercial and I, I don't, I don't care for it. Yeah, it, it, it's very, very odd. And, and you know, I know we are both uh, pretty much Kool-Aid drinking AEW fans. So I hope it, it isn't like, oh, Chris and Marty have totally turned on AEW. It's not, no. It's not what it is. It's just this episode, more than any in a while, felt like they'd lost the plot. Like yeah, it, it accentuated the weaknesses. Exactly. Exactly. Like after weeks, I mean, they had a good, let's call it six, eight week stand of just great television. This yeah. felt like they went so many steps back. Yeah. And, and that's what was frustrating that, that there, there were so many things on the show that could have or should have worked that didn't. So continuing on, John Moxley did a promo putting over the, uh, the tornado tag match for later in the show. Totally fine with that. That was good. The announcers did their standard standard preview of the rest of the card. And we I went like, uh, oh. to, to just real quick. If I'm, I'm, I'm in pick apart mode right yeah. now. Um, I, I enjoyed Mox's delivery, the promo. He, I don't know what the condition is called. He has overactive shoulders when he's, <laughs> when he's doing his promos. He's yes. just always doing this. Sort it always of thing. makes me think of, and I don't know if it's really how he moved. It gives me a Jim Morrison vibe. Like just that, that like kind of yeah, weird, but it's less yeah. fluid. It's, yeah, it's yeah, more, yeah. it's more abrupt. Or, it's or like, um, also kind of Scott Wylandy because he it's like used it's to a do tick. a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't control it. It's, yeah. it's weird. I don't know. So, uh, we had the TNT Championship match. Yeah. As Cody went one on one with Warhorse, I enjoyed this match, especially by the end. However. It coming a week after the Eddie Kingston match hurt it dramatically. Yeah, they really should have flip-flopped the two. Because that Kingston match was blow away. Mm-hmm. And this was good. This was fine. It just did not have anywhere near the lasting impact or or depth as the Kingston match the week before. Uh, and I think a couple of things stick out about that. One, I feel like if Excalibur had been there mm-hmm. putting over mm-hmm. uh, War Horse's indie accomplishments instead of Tony and Jim, then I feel like it would have helped. Yeah. Um, also, and this is coming from the guy who was who who's been you know loving on War Horse ever since I first found out about him. He's not as tenured and experienced as Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, he, he has he's been doing it for maybe not even half as long as Eddie Kingston has. Right. Right. So you know, and, and I don't. I, I, I like Warhorse and I don't yeah. want to pick apart his performance, but he seems a little uh, lost at a couple points and yeah. just not up to the. You could see the, the nerves, especially not, at the beginning of the match. Right. There were nerves. He didn't know where he was supposed to be during the introductions. There were some things, uh, you know, this was his first live TV match. I get it. I would be nervous as fuck, too. Um but it just didn't, like you said, it, coming after the Eddie Kingston match, it really, 
kind of showed the disparity between those two competitors yeah. in terms of their uh, comfort on a right. national nationally televised TV show. That being said, I did enjoy mm-hmm. the story that was told in the match. I thought Warhorse looked when he got his shit in, he looked really good. Yeah. I liked the immediate turning over of the figure four. His elbow drop looked great. There was there was some uh some cool moves in there, the double stomp off the back of the apron. Yeah. There was there was some good stuff in the match and Cody, you know, uh for Cody, I feel like this you know I feel like he's really letting him show how good of a wrestler he is. Oh yeah. With all these different guys, he's most of them he's never been in the ring with. Right. Um, and they all have different styles right. and he has to find the way to adapt to each one, which is also part of the story with Arn Anderson and yeah. you know Cody getting frustrated and Arn, yell- Arn yelling at him and stuff like that. Um but Cody I think really has been an anchor uh for, you know, this segment on Dynamite over the past couple months. Right. You know, he's kind of going in that Ric Flair defense against local challenger mode. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it's effective. Um, I will say the other bit again, and I, I recognize I'm picking nits here. Warhorse, so much of what makes him work is he, unlike 90% of indie talent, is a character. Yeah. No promo? I know. Like that that really to me from the jump was like the miss. Like Ricky Starks had that video promo that they gave him before his match. If they yeah. had just a weird, wild, wacky warhorse promo as we know him, it'd be like, okay, I get a better understanding of who this guy is. He's he's yeah. this crazy, you know, ultimate warrior esque metalhead. And and it would have made more sense. And yeah, there was a moment like before the match where he yelled at the camera and and there was a little bit of that. But it's just you were so close. You know, do I think because, you know, good news of the week for me, Eddie Kingston did get did get signed. He did get a contract. Right. Do I think Warhorse should get signed? I don't know if he's there yet, but I would love to see him become part of the dark crew. You know, the guys like uh uh, Sugar D and um, Brian Pillman Jr. and and all that, where we're seeing them get more time, more exposure, and, and what yeah. have you. I think he's ready for that. I don't know if he's entirely ready for a full time deal. I I mean, if they said they signed him, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I don't know if he's entirely there yet. Kingston getting signed though was like an absolute fucking no brainer after Dynamite yeah, last week. Absolutely. Yeah. So really stoked about that. Anyway, post match. Yeah. Um, out comes the Dark Order, uh, which is a trend for the night. Uh, yeah. th- this time it was Alex Reynolds and John Silver. They run out. Uh, Warhorse shoving Cody out of the way to take the beat down, which I thought was a, a nice little touch. Uh, Arn climbed into the ring, looked like he was going to fight him too. And out comes jacked to the fucking gills, Matt Cardona. He looked like he was like radiating nuclear energy. What was that color he was? Yeah, yeah. The, the, was he sunburnt? Did he did he get exposed to gamma radiation before he came out? What the hell happened to Matt Cardona? I have no idea. He was a crispy shade of brown, and his pee was probably green. But uh, good God! Um, so yeah, Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, now showing up in AEW. <sighs> And word is, it's a five-appearance deal. Okay. So he is not signed-signed. It's a five-appearance okay. deal. I think 
it is smart to give him an opportunity. It's very clear that Cardona has a fan base. It's very clear that there are people who, even after years and years of him being thrown under, love him. And he still grinds. He still knows how to build his own fan base. Look at everything major, you know, the major wrestling figure podcast and and all of that has built. He's got a following. I do worry, and it's why I made the graphic I did, because that was me, of course. Um, for for those wondering on social media, I I do fear that this is another Sean Spears, where it's like mm-hmm. he's Cody's he's Cody's best friend, mm-hmm. and Cody needs to give his buddies a shot. Yeah, I don't think there's enough there. There though, it's not like if I look at the lexicon of people in WWE who should have been used better, Ryder was very over nine years ago yeah he's been a decent hand but i don't know how he will fit in with the you know the the young bucks or the kenny omegas or the john moxley's or or anybody else like that it's not like it's a Brody lee it's not like it's an ftr it's not like it's um a moxley as well where you sit there and you look at them and go they squandered so much of that guy if right. they brought in a Rusev, I'd go, okay, this is an opportunity for this guy to show what he's like without shackles. Right. I don't really know how many shackles were ever on Zack Ryder beyond the fact that he got himself over and they didn't like that. So he threw his ass in a wheelchair and threw him off a Titantron. Like, that's about all I got. Yeah, I'm not sure of what Matt Cardona's style is. Because all I've seen is Zack Ryder, which is a very... Rough Rider, Rough Rider, maybe occasionally a 450 that he busts out. I don't remember. Yeah, he he, he threw out a 450 in his U.S. title match with um, John Cena. Oh, wow. I don't remember that, but okay. Yeah, it's just he does not move the needle for me one fucking bit. Um, You know, and I'm sure I'm on an island with that, too. Uh, And Like you said, he has his fans. I'm not one of them. Um, I just don't think. And what is it? He's got to be pushing 40 at this point. I, I think he's 35, 36 years old. He's right. Around, yeah, he's around my Fuck. age. Am I older yeah. than fucking Zack Ryder? Yeah. Son of a bitch. You forget. Also, he's been in the WWE system his entire career. I know. So, and and I guess this is also sort of the, where the rubber hits the road in terms of what does a W an exclusively WWE guy look like when he leaves WWE. Yeah. Uh, I, I almost, I, I almost wonder if it's just going to be a complete shit show. I, I don't know. We'll find out on Wednesday. Cause it's going to be uh silver and Reynolds against Cody and Cardona in Cardona's first match in AEW, which means um, we don't get an open challenge, which right. is a bummer. Yeah. Which that sucks. Um, and it's clear, again, fan base, because he his shirt apparently is like a record seller for AEW because they put up a <sighs> they put up it. a Strong Island shirt for him. So, you know, oh, yeah, they've said it like 15 times in his 30 second appearance, too. Yeah. So just I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I really don't. I, I, I hope to be in the same seat next week saying, hey, they had a really fun tag match. And I'm a believer in Cardona now. 
I don't know that I will, but I, I'd yeah. love to say that. It's just one of those things that he wouldn't have been on my immediate list versus no uh, of Rusev, no. for example. <laughs> it would have been very bottom of the list for me. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, well, you know. Hopefully, for our sake, it's just this five uh, appearance deal. Maybe it ends with a match with Cody at All Out. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, that math kind of checks out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, whatever. Tony Schiavone was then on stage to announce officially that All Out will be on September 5th. And here comes the inner circle. Uh, Jericho got in the face of Tony, said they're mad, they're pissed off. Sammy Guevara called Hardy a son of a bitch, or in Spanish, son of el bitch. Yep. Uh, Jericho then challenged Orange Cassidy to a verbal debate next week. And then a rematch on August 12th. Fine with the rematch. Sure. Why the fuck are we doing a verbal debate? That is the most... WWE bullshit ever. When when they did the weigh in segment for Jericho and Mox, I was like, yeah. okay, that that sort of hits that in between of like you know the the contract signing. Seg- like I get the idea of you want to have these segments that tease a match but don't give away a match by like having a tag match or that sort of thing. The verbal debate is it, it like it made my skin crawl when I heard it. I can almost guarantee that's going to be a ratings killer, like as in losing ratings, as in yeah. like, ah, nope, let's see what NXT is doing. And if spoilers are true about who the moderator is, I Fuck don't you. love it either. <laughs> and, and I say that as a guy who is and was up until his last run in pro wrestling, a big fan of that guy as an on-screen character. I think he, for a very long time, he was a very enjoyable on-screen character, especially in the early 2000s, as I I try to not say who it is to not spoil Mm -hmm. it for the listeners. But mm, I don't. I don't give a fuck about what this guy has to say. I don't necessarily want to see this guy in or around AEW. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, and you illuminate me a little further, but as far as I knew, this guy was not a fan of AEW or the cons. So yeah. to see that this is a rumor uh, was was interesting to me. I do really don't. I, I, I'm not looking forward to the segment one bit. And, you know, it, there's a possibility that it could be a fucking outstanding segment. Sure, there yeah. is. But uh, not hold my breath on that. Then we got thrown to a pre-tape from earlier in the day. FTRs finally, quote unquote, signing their contract. Um, Arn Anderson joined the uh, the signing process to look over the contract for them, teasing an alliance there. Uh, the rules will be strictly enforced in their matches, and only they will use tag ropes. I mean, you know, fine. Stick to your purest gimmick. That's yeah. fine. Hangman Page then entered with whiskey to share a drink with FTR, and uh, they called themselves the Mid-Atlantic, which I fucking love if they're becoming a stable called the Mid-Atlantic. That's that's a that's a great throwback style name. Yeah, that's a solid AWA style name right there. And then FTR said that because of the deal, they're making August 12th Tag Team Appreciation Night with FTR as hosts. That's a very WWE sounding thing. <sighs> And what does that even fucking mean? I don't fucking know. And again, like the verbal debate, it was one of those things when I heard it, I went, oh, God, guys, 
Why are you doing this? Now, going in the wrong direction. Now, I admit, perhaps the issue is not the idea, but rather the execution. If I, if I can sit here and say, WWE missed the mark with Brody Lee, they missed the mark with FTR, they missed the mark with, with John Moxley, they could miss the mark with Matt Cardona, I don't know. Maybe they missed the mark with doing verbal debate segments and tag team appreciation night segments. But fact is, having two segments like that announced back to back sounded like the most sports entertainment-y bullshit that I did yeah. not want to have on my TV. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is this is going to be bad. Yep. <laughs> but what was next was basically the show kind of getting on a good track and a good rhythm again. As we had the AEW World Tag Team title match. Omega and Hangman Page defending against the Dark Order of Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. This match fucking ruled. Yeah, I was, I had a great time with this. Yeah, I think this was the best match on the show, um, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, Hangman and Page in there doing their thing, and uh, Grayson worked his ass off. Uno looked great, like slimmed down. Yeah, I think he yeah. lost a couple uh, pounds there. Um, it was just great action. This was the type of match I remember when AEW first started, and I kept saying on here, no, 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 the Dark Order are really good. They, they right. used to be the Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. They were really good. I swear to God, they're really good. And then as the first few weeks of Dynamite went on and they looked kind of shitty, I was like, no, really, they can be good. I swear to God. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding. There. They finally got there. Ten months later. Yes. Here we are. Yeah, it took some time, but they, they got there. Um, uh, Omega and Paige ended up winning with the last call. This pissed off Brody Lee, who was watching from the ramp. Um, With he, Cole Cabana on commentary, Cole Cabana and, on commentary. Anna, and Anna Jay behind him in a yes. weird um, uh, Eyes Wide Shut style match. Did not get a good enough there. view of that, of, of dark Anna Jay. I, I needed to see more of that. Yeah, the the, the lower behind portion, mostly. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that was... That was weird. Brody Lee was doing his pacing back and forth for every uh, every near fall. And, you know, Cabana was I think I thought Cabana did a pretty good job of, you know, towing the line of, you know, admitting that he's being courted by yeah. the Dark Order and, you know, saying that he's been winning ever since. I thought that effect- he was effective in that role um, there. Um, but then after the match. Uh, Paige is laughing uh, because they won, and then Brody Lee comes out, cuts a promo. You think that's funny? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Noted that the Bucks were out in the crowd watching, and yeah, said you know Paige pissed him off by not joining. Now he's going to pay. Here come all the creepers. You know, right. bunch of random local indie guys in masks. And for uh, a second there, I tested you this. It felt to me like maybe the young Bucks are going to be revealed as to be part of the Dark Order. Yeah, they got yeah. that. I got that little hint there. Uh, not the case. Um, as, you know, the elite joined forces to fight out the Dark Order. Yeah. Numbers game took a hold and out come FTR with another styrofoam um, cooler. Yeah. With, uh, with Miller lattes in there and yes. ice and bashes expl- Brody. Yeah, the exploding it, cooler is a great visual, by the it way. It is. It is pretty cool. And it, it's pretty on brand for them. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, that was, it was a fine segment, which leads into the match. Another fucking massive match we're going to get next week, which hopefully yes. will be less of a clusterfuck than the one we got this week. Yes. Uh, Tony Schiavone was in the crowd. Britt Baker. Britt Baker said, yes, Big Swole can get a shot at her at all out only if she beats an opponent of her choice, which I assume is going to be Rebel. Yeah. I mean, it, she doesn't really have any other friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so, that, that would be my guess. You know. 
Um, we had a pre-tape promo from Diamante talking about uh, you know how she's been working hard on the indies. Decent promo. I, I liked the um, what's it. Uh, the, the passion of it but she had some what was her closing line something about like you know hard work turns coal into a diamond or something like that yeah uh, it's only through pressure that you make a diamond or yeah. I, I i thought it was good um and that led to hikaru shida in a non-title match with diamante when they were just brawling this ruled when they yeah. tried to work spots everyone was lost yeah it was it was kind of fell apart at a couple points there yeah. um yeah, it it didn't didn't really didn't really work for me. Like like we said earlier, nothing about this show really hit its stride and worked as well as it should have. And this was just another example of that. Yeah. Uh, after the match, we got the rules for the Deadly Draw Women's mm. Tag Team Cup. Jesus Christ! So it's going to be the Lethal Lottery from WCW. It's a random draw. All competitors must draw a color. Matching colors will become a team. Selections are final and cannot be appealed. They're going to have a special on YouTube on Monday to announce all of the pairings. That went to Dasha Gonzalez backstage with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Uh, Nyla Rose pulled her color, which is purple. And Dasha said someone else had already drawn purple. And here comes Cameron from WWE. Yeah, the other Funkadactyl. Yes. What? And I didn't even know who it was until she said, girl, hi. I was like, oh, no, that's, oh, no. Count no. it, ref. That's the only other way I would have recognized her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she had been trying to pin somebody who's on their belly and said, count it. Yeah. Oh. This is a Brandy Ooh. Rhodes booking 110%. Why? There have to be at least a dozen top indie stars that you could have brought in for this. Well, that's the thing I was trying to think in retrospect. Now, I'm not saying... Uh, Ariana Andrew, that's her name now. Yeah, that's her real name. I'm not saying real, she's a yeah. she's a good a good get. I know she was supposed to come back Mania weekend. She was doing a whole bunch of like random spots, uh, including mm-hmm. she was going to be part of the uh, <laughs> the Effie Big Gay Brunch show, right? Um, and apparently she'd been busting her ass in training to do that. So, game respect game. She was trying to get back in the game. She was trying to do her thing. But also, she was away from wrestling for four years, and let's be honest, if you wanted to be a wrestler, you would have stayed a wrestler. Like, you would have kept trying. Has anybody asked her if her favorite match is still um, (laughs) Alicia Fox versus versus Melina? Melina. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... I I, yeah, I, I, not, I, not a fan of this. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to think like about who else they could get because it's an 18 woman or, or sorry, eight, 16. It's an eight team, eight, 16 woman tournament. I don't know how many decent gets there are left. I mean, I, I know I've got a record saying Deanna Perrazzo was their person to to miss and they mm-hmm. they didn't get her. Um, So, you know, anyone who's in TNA is not going to be on there. Vita uh, Scott is being uh, teased by um, uh, the librarian. Uh, so maybe we'll get Vita Scott, which would make me very happy. But even I'm the first guy to tell you she's not very good in the ring. Yeah. Um, I don't really know how many other like name women talent there are. Thunder Rosa would be great. I'd love to see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I read a rumor today, and because I've seen nothing to confirm or deny it, I'll just throw it out here as pointless speculation. Tanera Conti might be in this, 
which hey she's got a social media following so there's that um because all she does is post bikini pics yeah (laughs) but yeah i i i don't know it also if the storyline is just nyla murders people while while uh ariane just talks shit on the apron totally cool with that yeah but isn't that's vicky's job now that's true that's true you know yeah i I don't i don't i don't understand we'll we'll find out monday by the time you listen to this chances are the uh the roster will already be set for this tournament so what time is that 6 p.m 7 p.m on youtube 7 p.m on youtube right before raw so that's eastern time yes eastern daylight yes and then uh we had the mjf state of the industry address mjf 2020 and it was really a, a long political style promo to set up him versus John Moxley for the AEW championship. Yeah. I will say that there, the delivery of this promo was spectacular. Agreed. I will say I love the idea as MJF as the next big heel foil for John Moxley. Mm-hmm. That said, it got a little, and you know how I feel about this. Got a, yeah. got a little insidery and a little shooty. A little shooty. I don't love that. And also, the shots he was taking hit so many other guys. Yeah. Than John Moxley about hiring his friends and people expecting flips and dives. Okay, you're calling out Cody and the Young Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> John Moxley has nothing to do with this. No, and I also think it went too long. Um, and they messed up his outcue as well. They yes. they didn't hit the music at the right time. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the overall point yeah. and and the delivery, like you said. Uh, but yeah, they could they could have trimmed a minute or two off it. And um, you know, I, I, I that being said, MJF and Mox, I'm I'm here for it. So yeah, yeah. and, and you know. the the uh, a tenure does not supersede talent line is a ten. Yeah. Like that needs to be in the video package, hands down. Like that, that is such a great line. In, in fact, the fact that there isn't a T-shirt of that right now uh, shocks me because they're a T-shirt yeah. company. Like it was, it was <laughs> such a great line. Um, but on the whole, I liked it. Also, uh, Chris, do you think the MJF uh, 2020 logo was that supposed to uh, evoke? The lion mark or like a random British football team's logo? Which which one do you think it was? I saw lion mark. Yeah, I saw the lion mark too. Yeah, that's also where my brain is predisposed. And I know it was also supposed to be like the presidential seal, but yeah, yeah, all I could think was it was MJF Football Club or King of MJF, (laughs) MJF Pro Wrestling. I did love the. the pattern of his Burberry scarf being on the podium as well. That yes. was, uh, yes. that, that was, was that nice was a touch. nice touch. He yeah. needs, uh, like flags with his, that logo yeah. with the, the pattern of his scarf yes. as like the background. Like yes. that's what I need next. Also, I'm cool with him having a, a random group of like media analysts and stuff flanking him to the ring, including Bizarro Ronda Rousey, who apparently is a social media lady. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I did like yeah. the walk through all the campaign posters. That was yes. a cool touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and honestly, that was kind of a, a fire face promo when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but they do always say the best heels are ones who have a point, and um, he, he did have a point. I mean, MJF, when he said the line about bleeding AEW, I mean, MJF is kind of what AEW is about. Yes, it was built on the back of Omega and Cody and the Bucks, but it's about establishing guys like MJF as 
the future of wrestling. Right, and which they've done with Paige, and now they're now it's time to do it with MJF. 100%. So uh, for next week, it is Cody and Matt Cardona versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. An update from MJF. FTR and the Young Bucks and Paige and Omega versus Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Grayson Uno, 5 and 10. Jesus. And the Jericho Cassidy debate with a special guest, excuse me, moderator. Hmm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll so, see how it all pans out. And then after that was the main event. Yes, uh, but not before a lengthy promo. So Darby Allen was introduced, didn't come out. Moxley then came out. Then we had Taz backstage cutting a promo uh, for Ricky Starks and um, Brian Cage. Cage. Taz put everybody over. Starks then cut his own promo, and Starks sounds like a fucking ten on the mic. By the way, he um, sounded a little nervous, and they messed up. I think his cue as well. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, he he definitely uh, definitely had the delivery down. Yeah. Uh, and then it looked like it was just going to be uh, Cage and uh, Starks against Mox with no Darby. So Cage and Starks uh, make their way to the stage, and Darby Allen jumps off the top of the entrance set into a coffin drop on these guys. This guy got concussed like two weeks ago, and yeah. he's jumping off of things. Then they had a tornado tag match, which was just a wild, fun, crazy match, including a really, really, really sick finish of Darby Allen pulling out a tack-covered skateboard and hitting yeah. a double stomp on Starks. I guess that's the receipt for... Uh, Knocking Darby absolutely on the ropes, yeah, <laughs> uh, loopy on the ropes, uh, yeah. because he didn't just double stomp, there was like a stomp and a pull, yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to stop momentum at that point, <laughs> yeah. so that's just a dangerous uh weapon. Um, yes. and for a you know, nationally televised weekly program, this is the second time he used it. I don't remember if the last time was on a, a pay per view or dynamite before. But um, but he has used this before, and it's just absolutely brutal. And the photos of Ricky Stark's back afterwards were just totally brutal. Yeah, yeah, really, really harsh. And uh, after the match, uh, Mox and Ar- uh, Darby Allen got in each other's faces. And, uh, well, uh, we're going to get Darby versus Mox for the AEW title next week as the number five challenger... It's yeah. a world title shot. I have the list of the, the top five. The rankings, yeah. yeah. Number one is MJF being 8-0. Number two is Lance Archer, 10-1. Number three is Brian Cage, 6-1. Number four, Brody Lee, 5-1. and one. Admittedly, MJF is getting the shot all out. Why aren't we getting Archer mocks? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen Archer in a match in a couple of weeks here. Yeah, he's just been uh, in the crowd uh, or killing random guys in the locker room lately. So I, I thought that was weird. Like I said, on the whole, it was an off week. The potential is there for next week to be good. Uh, we'll see how Cardona plays out. We'll see if the six-man tag ends up working better. Or not six-man, 12-man tag yeah. uh, ends up working out better than the 10-man did. And I think Mox Darby should be really fun. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll see how much of a deadly, deadly mess that um, that debate is, especially spoiler alert with that guest moderator, Master Watto. That's right. The (laughs) forbidden door is open. See you on Wednesday night, fans. (laughs) Blue hair dye gets dumped on Jericho's jacket. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. 
become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1-N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase L, capital D, N, 7, lowercase C, 3, lowercase R, lowercase F, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Fanny Packs, Fanny Packs, Fanny Packs. Want to hit the town looking like your favorite mid-90s wrestler? Fanny Packs. Time to strut your stuff when you don't have any pockets in your jean shorts? Fanny Packs. Got stuff to carry and you want to keep it near your dick? Fanny Packs. Head on down to Conrad P. Hickenbottom's Fanny Pack Outlet and snatch up one of our 10,000 reasonably priced Fanny Packs. Denim, leather, neon, print, double zipper, Velcro, reflective, or fine imported Chinese silk, we've got the Fanny Pack to fit any late 90s professional wrestler on the go. Don't be some schmuck who hides his brass knuckles in your pocket. Store them in a Fanny Pack. Who's got time to walk to the ring with a pre-prepared retirement statement in your hand. Keep it in a fanny pack. Some of our famous customers include Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Triple H, and everyone's favorite deceased fat chick thriller, Mike Awesome. Conrad P. Hickenbottom's Fanny Pack Outlet. Keep it near your dick.